Welcome to Nano Sessions, a NanoLumens podcast where we chat with the experts on all things visualization. Welcome to Nano Sessions, a NanoLumens podcast. I'm your host, Sean Heath. Now, I think we would all like to just wake up one day and know everything we want to know about whatever topic or task would help us be the most successful that day. Sadly, that does not happen very often outside of the movie universe. Um, It takes study and repetition and learning and listening and failing before we usually finally get to the answers that we want. And you know what? That's a very common process, but it's not one that we talk about a lot. Usually, we don't talk about how we got from knowing nothing to being an expert. We just either mention that, hey, I didn't know anything and now I'm an expert, and we miss all that interesting travel in between. Well, my guest on the podcast today is an expert on the journey. He's almost like a a knowledge travel agent, and that is Robert Sims, the senior copywriter for NanoLumens. Robert, how are you today? Hello, Sean. I'm doing pretty well. You probably didn't know you were going to get a new job title today, did you? No, I did not. Have you ever wanted to be a travel agent? Um, I've thought about it, but uh, never realistically because I don't feel that's a job that really is around much more. I remember when I was younger, you'd see travel offices, but now these days everything, you plan it online, you figure everything out on your own. And an interesting note about that is it's not really something you know a lot about today, but knowing your history, I bet it's something you would know much more about if you put your mind to it tomorrow. Yeah, I I think so. You're a big fan of learning how to learn. Correct. Tell me how that applies to your journey in the pro AV space. When you're learning how to learn something, you have to first accept the fact that you probably don't know anything about what it is you're getting into. Um, And that was certainly the case for me when I entered into the uh, digital display industry because I do not come from an engineering background. I did not go to any sort of technical school. I had almost zero understanding of how the technology worked, how the industry worked, and how uh, people within the industry communicated with each other. Uh, And in order to perform the job that I was hired to do, I had to accept that at the outset, I really didn't know anything about what I was supposed to be writing about. Do you think the lack of an engineering background helped you be more open-minded, or do you think it hindered some of the technical foundations that would have been of benefit? I don't think that so, I don't think that the lack of an engineering background held me back because I think for many of the many of my colleagues and the other people that I work with in this industry, their engineering background has been the sole focus of their uh, schooling and their professional careers, and that has kind of hindered their communicative skills. Um, so what I found is my background in communications has helped me take complex subjects that they learned through their engineering background and translate it into more simplistic ideas that people without an engineering background can digest more easily. How does that impact your writing style and the way you communicate? If I had my druthers, I would write almost as informally as possible because I've found that my favorite way of communicating, the way that feels most natural to me, 
is to write as I would speak, where you can you can take extra words to explain something. You can use multiple examples. You can make use of run-on sentences or fragments or things like that because that's how people talk. Uh, in a professional setting, you can't really get away with that. You need to be more concise. You only have so many words to use. You only have one specific idea that you're generally trying to get across. And for many of my colleagues, getting that idea across has been difficult. And it was difficult for me, too, when I started because there were so many things I didn't know. I would write 3,000 words about something just to try to figure out what it was I actually wanted to say. And then I would have to cut it down to 800. The commercial display industry is pretty brutal in its demand for precision. I would imagine as you gain knowledge, the stress associated with those tasks goes down as well. Definitely. What happened when I first arrived with my company and within this industry was I would have to spend hours and hours and hours reading things and rereading things just to understand simple ideas, simple concepts about how a technology worked, about how it was bought and sold. But now I'm so much more familiar with the terminology and with how certain words and terms and concepts are talked about that an article that I used to have to read four times just to understand, I can now read once and immediately apply its ideas to what I'm working on. Do you have a memorable moment of this I'm going to call it a trial by fire that you went through to get where you are. So I can give you one recent example um, that lines up quite nicely with the general process through which my boss has assigned work to me. She will generally say, Robert, here's a topic I think we should write about. Go. And that would be just about it. She wouldn't give me any sort of angle. She wouldn't give me any sort of specific take that we're looking for. She would just expect me to throw myself into the subject and use everything that I learned to figure out what we want to say, what our industry needs to hear, and what our sales guys can speak about moving forward when they're asked about that subject. One recent subject was micro and mini LED, which are just about exactly what they sound like. A micro LED is just a much, much, much smaller version of a regular LED. And when diving into that, the first step that I took was I just Googled, what is a micro LED? And from that point, you dive into all these different wormholes, spend hours and hours and hours reading about all those sorts of stuff. And once I had gotten a bit of background information from a variety of sources online of questionable trustworthiness, uh, I felt I had enough to the point, enough background knowledge where I could go approach a subject matter expert within our own company and take some of his time for him to explain exactly how that works uh, and what I had gotten wrong, what I had gotten right, uh, basically to set me on the right path moving forward. Since you've gone through this process several times from not having the knowledge to researching and gaining the knowledge, are you starting to become aware of the moment when a concept clicks for you? To a degree. I think that the aha moment doesn't happen quite so cleanly in real life as it does on TV or even in our imaginations when we expect to finally understand something. 
but rather than having any single moment where I finally understand something, I tend to have a conversation or an interaction that I can point to where I go from somebody who doesn't understand something where I'm trying to find the path toward understanding into somebody where I'm on the right path. I'm building on a foundation of knowledge that I can move forward with. Give me a few tips and tricks that anybody can apply to acquiring knowledge about displays and the display industry. So what I think is important to know about the display industry is that most of the people who are writing about it are not writers. And so the things that you'll read that they have written are not always going to be particularly easy to understand. Uh, They're not always going to be cut and dry explanations giving you the exact information that you want to know. And the reason for that is because, A, engineers are not writers. That's just not what they do. That's not the skill set they've developed. And B, the way that a, an engineer would write is not the same way a storyteller would write. An engineer is looking to just put information onto a page, trusting that whoever sees it will be able to assemble it on their own. And that's not really the best way to convey information if what you're trying to do is help somebody understand a subject. So what I have done instead, and what I think listeners could try on their own, is once you've read a handful of these things online about a given subject, find somebody in your life that you can talk to about that subject, because they will then be able to, even if they're an engineer, they'll be able to talk to you as a person, they'll be able to see where you aren't understanding, and then they'll be able to convey their knowledge to you in a way that helps you connect all the dots that an internet article wouldn't necessarily be able to do. You mentioned that engineers who would engage in more of a technical writing approach, they put all the cold, hard clinical terms into the words that they put on the metaphorical page, whereas someone who is more of a storyteller and takes a more narrative approach might use a different vocabulary. What's something that would really surprise people about this entire learning process? The amount of Googling that is required, I think, would surprise a lot of people. Um, And though I am an industry professional who understands pretty much a fair share of the terminology that I encounter, I still find myself Googling two or three words every single day just to see what they mean or to see what others think they mean. Um, Not everybody in the industry uses terminology the same way. So when somebody says high definition, that doesn't always mean the same thing depending on who you're reading or who you're talking to. People within the display industry understand that high definition is not actually all that useful of a term. It doesn't really tell you all that much. But customers will see that sort of term and they'll look back on their experience buying TVs in Best Buy and think, oh, that means good. If something isn't HD, that means it's bad. And that's not really the way that that it works. It seems like the AV terms are quite fluid. It, they're really, and it, that's strange to me because it's such a technically precise industry. It's very weird that the terms used to describe the technology are not really defined in a concrete way. Yeah, it, it definitely is a source of frustration for a lot of our business development guys. Uh, and I work closely with all of them because a customer will read something that I've written and then they will ask a business development guy about that very same subject 
Uh, and if they haven't read anything that, that we've written or that anyone else has produced, they might ask a question like, well, is this display 4K? And they'll think that that means that 4K is just a universal threshold, meaning incredible picture quality. And that's not necessarily always the case because a term like 4K, while it does have a rigid definition, that's not the definition that customers always associate with it. So with 4K, with HD, with UHD, with any of these resolution-related terms, often those have strict definitions that mandate that the display must have a 16 by 9 aspect ratio. And our company produces displays that rarely have that aspect ratio because we'll produce trapezoids or very long horizontal ribbons or rings, tunnels, things like that, that don't really fit into a traditional rectangular box. And we'll have to say, well, no, this isn't 4K. But that's not the point. Just because it isn't 4K doesn't mean it has a poor resolution. It just means that the resolution it has doesn't fit into the box that 4K mandates. Anyone who knows me knows that I love learning. And learning how to learn is like double exciting for me. So this, is, this has been a great opportunity for me today. I have really enjoyed having the chance to have a conversation with Robert Sims, senior copywriter for NanoLumens. Robert, thank you so much for taking the time today. I feel smarter, so that's good for me. And I got to talk to you, which is also good for me. I look forward to having another chance to have a conversation with you at any time in the future. Yeah, thank you, Sean. This was a lot of fun for me, too. Um... This served uh, a purpose for me as well beyond just getting to know you and it allowed me to drop all of my thoughts onto a page so to speak and now that they're out there I can start to sort them out a little bit better which is kind of what I have to do every day for work anyway. Well I'm really glad I got to be a part of that. I look forward to having another chance to talk to you soon. All right. Thanks Sean.